amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes, today, yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as this man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And you can do that you know, People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff Yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Yes, yes, today as we start this show, this one mic. Welcome to RSG One Mic, one of our amazing podcasts on the Real Sports Guys platform. Uh, it's, it's fun. If you want to catch up to us, you can catch us on iTunes. You can catch us at Real Sports Guys on all social media platforms. Uh, make sure you check out um, uh, some of the incredible stuff we've had here lately. Uh, Marcus is say cool who uh, have a great podcast, Hustle and Flow, Flows, uh, just dropped a, a really good one. Uh, you should check it out. You can, uh, again, go to Blog Talk Radio um, and uh, forward slash uh, Real Sports Guys and, and catch that one. Um, we got several other podcasts. We got our end of the year podcast that will be um, uh, available as well uh, on uh, all platforms. Uh, we have fun in Ann Arbor uh, putting that one together. Uh, as well, and so it's the new year, 2019. Uh, my 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 theme for this year, I've been doing themes. My theme for this year is back to the basics. Uh, that's going to be the focus as we start to build this thing. I'm getting back to the fundamentals. You know, I've been I've been watching a lot of sports and understanding you know, those teams that get back to the fundamentals. Uh, when uh, we got a busy show today, you know, Black Monday has come and gone, and only two brothers standing. Only two brothers standing, and one is in turmoil. As the world turns in Pittsburgh, it's happening over here. AD, AB's clowning. He's on shows, wearing costumes. So we're going to talk about that. You know I'm a Steeler fan. Uh, we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs. Uh, we're going to um, talk about uh, college football because we've we got, we got a championship game going on uh, on Monday night. And, and so we'll, we'll spend some time talking about that. Uh, but, yay. You know, the revolution will be televised, as we say. 
uh, will be tweeted and posted uh, here on RSG. And I can't do that without my man, Hank. What's up, Hank? Hey, what's going on, D? And Happy New Year to you and yours. Happy New Year to all of the folks out there listening to us, man. We made it through another 365 days. And here we are in day four of 2019. Man, I'm glad that, I'm glad that the good Lord uh, chose to, to bring us through to another one and start a new one. And, brother, I'm just, I'm just fired up and ready to go. Yeah, man. I mean, we, uh, we had an amazing 2018 from an RSC standpoint, continuing to build, um, working on some other things here, uh, here early in uh, 2019. And, you know, we're a little engine that could, man. And, uh, you know, it's time. I understand what these brothers, these black coaches are talking about. It's hard for a brother to break it on the media. It's hard, but, you know, I've had found some folks who are willing to, to mentor and support and, and help it. You know, when you start breaking into those, those things like the Maui Invitational, you start getting in there. We start getting in there where, where they actually serve good food. You know, <laughs> they, they, they they checking the brothers out. What you doing in here? What you doing in here? And so, you know, we, we are moving in a different space, uh, but, you know, it's a lot of it has to do with all the great people who have come on our show. Uh, we got an exciting podcast coming up here uh, in the near future. Uh, you know, both uh, Hank and I are, you know, we were just, we couldn't believe it's been 30 years since, uh, University of Michigan won a national championship. Glenn Rice won an amazing run. Uh, I happened, uh, I talked about that uh, a little bit through the eyes of uh, Illinois uh, player, my, a good friend of mine, Dr. Uh, Philip Bowman, who has been an amazing supporter of our platform. But um, he talked about that run and what it meant for his, the Illinois team that lost to Michigan. But we'll have a chance. I'll be interviewing Sean Higgins, who, the, who, who tipped in the, the, the tip at the final second propelled Michigan into that final game over Illinois, who they had lost to by almost 25 points or something like that uh, in their final home game in Ann Arbor before uh, Steve Fisher took over uh, when Bo Schimbecker said a Michigan man will be the only one coaching the Michigan team. And so we got that coming up, so stay tuned. That's going to be a good one. Don Higgins is, is, you know, Hank would tell you, it's is funny Uh, about what's happening uh, with particularly um, here in college basketball and, and all those issues. So I want to be able to go deep with him as well as, you know, what it meant to be on that ride with Glenn Rice, who's still in the rec- record books, just put on a clinic. You youngins, if you have a chance, go YouTube it. It is a shooting clinic that was put on by, by, by our man, G Money. And, uh, and so we're looking, we're looking forward to that. But Hank, man, man. Black Monday, man. Yeah. Black Monday. <laughs> what is going on? Well, what you know. What is going on? <laughs> I mean, but, Stephen A. Stephen A. went off. I mean, yeah. like I've never, and he was right. And the funniest thing about it is Stephen was like, you know, they got, you know, it's not only did they fire, but then your boy uh, Mike Mayot, who was on the NFL um, uh, uh Covering as an analyst, he's hired as a GM with no prior experience. And Stephen had me crack it up because he was like, you know, I, I need to call Dolan and see if I can be the GM. You know, he's like, no, no disrespect to the people, but I can be a GM. I got as much experience. I can be a GM for the for, for the for the Knicks or for the Lakers. I mean, the nepotism that is existing, that's coming here, the systematic 
nepotism that exists in the way in which people get opportunities. It's crazy to me, man. But what, what, what did you, what, what was, I mean, it's always something that everybody looks for. But what were your thoughts about uh, the fact that, uh, you know, the firing list? So let me go over. Let me kind of give people a sense. Arizona let C. Wilkes go after only one year. Yes, he was 3 or 13, but he only had one year. And they had a lot going on at that franchise in terms of transitions, young quarterback. But he let go after one year. Vance Joseph, Broncos let him go. Now, at some point, we have to evaluating uh, what's being done in the front office by that legendary quarterback. In fact, they can't – all the, the, the big debacle of with the quarterback position and what's happened with that, uh, the players that they let go in the defensive backfield and didn't resign on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, and then Vance Joseph uh, gets fired. Uh, Miami Dolphins uh, uh, fire Adam Gaze. Now, that's one of those what goes around comes around type thing. What just happened? Oh, what just happened? What's You're breaking happened? up. Oh, all right. Did you get? Did you get me? Uh, that last part you broke up a little bit. Say again. All right. So we were back in. So uh, I don't know what happened over here. We got some technical difficulties. What's going on? I'm back on. I'm back on blog, and they're killing me already. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, it's like, boy, you ain't been back. We, 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 we not gonna hear you. You're gonna talk about nothing. Y'all, we got the power to the court. I'm like, man, I'm paying the bill. All right. So we got Adam Gaze. Adam Gaze, you know, that's like that's like what goes around comes around because they should have never let Lovey go. Everything has been bad. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Oh, that's dirt cutter. I'll get back to him. Adam Gaze was supposed to be a whisperer as well, quarterback whisperer. And then Marvin Lewis, well, we all said Marvin needs to go. I mean, I love Marvin. In fact, Marvin was the greatest example of possible equity we could have. In fact, you could be mediocre, not really win no playoff games, and still keep your job. I was beginning to think things were changing. Uh, but Marv, Marv, Marv had to go. Part of it was Marv was holding it together. Marv was holding something crazy together. Their front office was crazy. The facilities in Cincinnati was terrible. Like, Marv was the only thing holding it together and making it respectable, to tell you the truth. And then Dirk Cutter got fired on uh, Sunday along with Ty Bowles. Uh, who we all knew were going with the Jets, got fired. And then earlier in the year, we had Hugh Jackson and uh, uh, McCarthy. So you, you had a firing, you got a six uh, black coaches, only two coaches, black coaches left uh, in the NFL as coaches. And so, uh, you know, that, that after the NFL came out and talked about how they want to strengthen elements of the Rooney Rule to really – and diversity. You got to think about this. In 2019, we got two coaches. We got a one, maybe two executives. We got Ozzy Newsom retiring. And do we have any owners? One, one owner. Any owners? And so, no. where's the owner? Will you look, huh? What owner is that? I don't think so. What'd you say? You got to speak up, man. I said there is no owner. There's no okay. Where you where you where you talk where you calling it from? <laughs> he did it again. You pulled that Houdini on us again. You 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 calling in from deep down, way down in the jungle. Way down in the jungle deep. <laughs> <laughs> like you you calling from 
If y'all can see him, we can't see him this time, but we're probably looking up his nose again. I, I know. <laughs> put the, put the <laughs> mic closer to your mouth, young. Put the mic closer to your mouth. What are you on? I'm, I'm you on that, you on, you on that Metro PCS? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah that this is mobile again. This, this is different with, with no stipend. T-Mobile? I, I done told you about getting them gas station phones. Now, that's just not going to get it done. I, I mean, we can't bring you on until you fix that. We'll, hey, we're yeah. going to bring you back. Yeah, I'm going to put you on mute. We'll bring you back when your phone is right at the right. Let That's me know. Okay, I don't told him, but keep on getting we'll them. We'll put them, them on punishment. Uh, you, 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 can't, you can't come up here with your phone. Like, 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 you, like what are we trying to do? We're trying to, we're trying to raise <laughs> the standards. out like this. here talking through uh, uh, plastic cups. All right. So talk to me. <laughs> like, what, what did you get from this? So listen, now when I look at these five, first of all, let's, let's start from uh, what really put it uptight for the brothers, okay? And and I've been saying this for the last couple of seasons, and I said I was afraid of this. I was afraid that they was going to give Hugh Jackson and Marvin Lewis enough rope to hang themselves, Okay. Because when you look at the amount of time that they gave Marvin Lewis, um, it just it, it, it's uh, it, it, it's rough. I mean, it, it was a rough go. I mean, he had guys over there like Vontaze Perfect and everything like that. You know, they 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 say that the stripes on the on the uniforms of the of the Bengals should have been prison stripes. You know, that that was the thing that was going on with them. And then Hugh Jackson's record is just abysmal in Cleveland. You know, and the fact that that team, you could argue, is probably going to be potentially one of the most talented teams in the NFL, and they just were not, you know, doing anything under this coach. And he was given enough time. And now, you, so you look at these new coaches, okay, um, Denver's coach, who I, was, I thought was a bad fit to start, okay? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that hire to begin with Vance Joseph. I was I was concerned for Vance Joseph when he took that job. All right, and 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 I'm sorry. I have to tell you, Todd Bowles, in my opinion, looked like he was over his head. Okay. Now the sad thing about it is, now the one who I think uh, got kind of got uh, the shaft of all of these was Steve Wilkes. Now Steve Wilkes, I think you can make an argument for. I don't think that one year does a year make, especially when you don't have a quarterback. All right. Okay. You you're going with a rookie quarterback to to start. I think that's the one. That's the one hire. The one firing that you can really argue about, okay? Adam Gase and and like you said, Adam Gase in uh, in Miami, yeah. You know what? What was what was what was the expectation there? You know what was the expectation there? Did you did you really expect them to be a playoff contender uh, in that division? You know they still got to figure out a way to get past New England, which nobody has. All right, and so. Um, I, whatever the expectation was there, I can't really speak on that one. And then you just had the uh, debacle in Tampa Bay. All right, you just absolutely had a debacle there with with the, with the quarterback situation. And and is that team really that good? You know. But I, again, what I say, I, I I get I get the Stephen A. piece, but we know this about the in, about the NFL, don't we, D? I mean, you know, yeah. like you, you got some. You had LeBron James saying that the that the uh, 
you had you had the uh, you had the the LeBron James saying that they have a slave mentality. Now I can't say that when you're talking about athletes making over a million plus dollars a year, you know, just to play football. But I do understand the nepotism. I do understand the old boy network. I do understand that this being a multi-billion-dollar industry, it is what it is. You know, it absolutely is what it is. So uh, they're trying to just do everything to pacify, but the brothers that get these coaching jobs have got to, you know, <laughs> look here, the bullseye is on their back. they got to realize that if they're going to coach in this league, especially if they're going to be head coaches. Yeah, and, and I think part of um... – the challenge, and even with the LeBron comments, and I, you know, some of the cats in the media, um, I, I think there was a, it was important to have a response. But I think part of the thing that he was trying to speak to was the the idea of the the, the power dynamics and control. You know, I think sometimes when people are lacking examples, you slavery as, as the mentality. But what it is is you have a system that is psychologically controlling cats to know that they do not have any independence. And nobody does that better than football because of they, the sheer numbers and threat you in lack of security. Wait, and me, it's, me, done from, it's done from the time they come up through high school because of the nature of, of, the, of the sport creates that, that you have to be selfless in some ways be part of it so there's a there's a built-in dynamic but there's there's not always that ability to have that independent voice unless you clown it like somebody like a b where it's not really independent they let the clowning happen but anybody with a conscience is seen as pushing up against the status quo and the structure and so there is a there is a a, a built-in dynamic that is about control and about voice it is about uh, the, the not even the employee uh, uh, employer employee relationship because even in those relationships normally employees still have rights right so we don't even believe that these players have rights have to well, the, 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 the union is so bad okay yeah. the, the, that's the one thing about the NFL the NFLPA it, it's really when you think about they should have one of the strongest unions of professional sports it's unfortunate that they do not. Okay, they they basically sold their rights off, and 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 this is why the owners feel that they can do what they want to do. Do you believe? Do you honestly believe? Think about this for a minute. We've had this. We've we've talked at nauseum about Colin Kaepernick. Do you honestly believe that if you had um, a a sound and a solid uh, NFLPA or a solid you know uh, bargaining union that bargaining unit that a player of his caliber would, would would not be would be pretty much blacklisted. I mean, you could almost go to court on that. You could sue somebody for that for blacklisting. You know, this guy eight balling him for what for whatever reason for speaking his mind his First Amendment rights. Not that he can't play, mind you, but see the fact that even something like that, you know. So when you see these coaches and everything, you got this you got this rule the ruling rule is coming around, and it, and it's only a token. You know, I could go in there and interview for the Jets job knowing damn well I'm not going to get it. But, see, they would have then fulfilled their quota. You understand what I'm saying? And, see, here's the other piece behind that that's so messed up, is that you, if, if you're already of color and you lose your job, then, then that waves. 
that rule. That means that the next time around, they don't even have to consider you as a candidate. See, there's all kind of loopholes in there that's just raggedy to me. The NFL's been running this way for years, and, and the only one that could really put a stop to it, even their their uh, commissioner, is just a gopher. See, so is, the, the problem is that you get your players just don't have the leverage that they should have in this collision sport, and that's the Players Association. And they should just, and, and unfortunately, the money for the NFL for some of those guys is so good that they won't, they can't unify to say, we're not going to play, we're going to sit out until some of these issues are met, you know, or, or addressed, and that and just hasn't happened. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I think you hit on it. And, you know, NFL went through that with, uh, you know, Craig Hodges and uh, uh, with, you know, uh, uh, Chris Jackson, um, uh, uh, you know, w- particularly when he changed over, uh, assumed his Muslim identity um, and uh, refused to stand for the national anthem, they had that. But I think what happened over time is that, and it's just the nature of basketball, that the players have developed relationships in the C-suite. So in some ways, they have become more integrated in the business structure than football players. And a lot of that's because the lifespan of football players aren't long enough for people to have that level of investment. You got to be, you got to be special. Um, and that's why quarterbacks, people like Peyton Manning, these guys can have developed those type of corporate relationships at a much larger level. And so it's, it's part of that dynamic. Some of this is just the nature of football in terms of what it takes to be successful which isn't the kind of thing that allows for you to have an activist mindset. All right, young, and we're going to do one more test. If you come with that, if, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, 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 Metro PCS, low budget, <laughs> budget. We, we, it's going to be over. So let me hear the mic check. All right. Mic check. One, two, one, two. He's in business. All right. There you go, man. Cause I, I was about to cut you. I'm about to cut uh, you. Now see, now he got my left ear bleeding. <laughs> now, now, now you're going through the opposite way. <laughs> Have you done now? See, now, did, now he dropped out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He, now what's going on? He's on punishment. Oh, punishment. I told you, once, again, once again, he's tossed it over the, over the backstop. This is what happens when we got an intern. He, I try to tell him about the need, and he drops out like that. So we're going to yep. keep it moving. So uh, uh, one of the things that I, I want to really hit on really quick is, like, out of all of these positions, what do you see as the most desirable? Say, uh, 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 what? Hey, coaching, say, uh, uh, of what now? Uh, positions that are open, which ones are the most desirable of these eight? So we got Denver. Oh, we got Miami. Well, the coaching position is open. Well, listen, clearly, clearly you have to look at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. All right, because this is a team. As far as on the surface, let, let, let me let me backtrack a little bit. On the surface, all right, it would it would seem like the Green Bay position would be the most desirable because you have your quarterback in place. All right, but there's a there there's a bevy of holes in Green Bay. When I look at these jobs, now if I would just really just pay a real close attention to them and look at all of them. Uh, if I wanted to be the next head coach, I would go to Cincinnati, and here's why. Let me explain why. Cincinnati have nothing of nothing else. Cincinnati has proven to be very patient, okay, 
And if you are a, a an aspiring head coach, you want to at least feel like your front office is going to be patient with you, all right, to try to build something. Now, you know, the thing is about Marvin Lewis, he did get that team to the playoffs on several occasions. Andy Dalton couldn't get it done. Uh, that one debacle uh, when they just imploded and lost to Pittsburgh, I thought that was going to be the end of it for Marvin Lewis. But it wasn't. So if I'm, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm a coach that's, you know, Green Bay looks sexy and attractive, but you better go up there and you better win. And you better win soon, okay? They've just fired a Super Bowl-winning coach. The rest of these jobs, you know, um, Arizona has shown itself to have a quick trigger. Uh, but Cincinnati is just – when I look at that job, I just look at how long Marvin Lewis was able to be there and do what he wanted to do. And, and I would say, you know what, let me give that one a shot. you got Pittsburgh in that division that, uh, you know, are they declining? It looks that way. When you look at uh, Baltimore, you know, they look like they might be on the on the rise a little bit. Maybe a, a young Cleveland team, but then I can get I can get in there if I'm a new head coach and I got a shot to make an immediate impact if I even got a remote idea of what I'm doing. So I'd say Cincinnati. Yeah, and I, I, I mean I, that's an interesting perspective when you talk about Cincinnati. And I actually think you might be on to something. I mean, Andy Dalton is a serviceable quarterback. Um, you have uh, Joe Mixon, who is a, 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 right. a running back that can go, and then you got A.J. Green. And then if you can manage to get Eifert or one of these tight ends, uh, Azuma, uh, you got some talent there. You got to figure out who you're going to go with to, to stay uh, happy and get them there. Offensively, you got some weapons. And on defense, the only thing about them is really has been – you you got to get them to not penalize themselves. Exactly. Not get personal. Like it's about control. But exactly. they, for a while they had a top defense that everybody feared, but they could never be in control. They would implode. So if you can find a way to get them to play Discipline. under control, you know they cost themselves some games. So it wasn't like they didn't have any players. But from that standpoint, with the patients, man, you, no one's really been talking about that on the air. But I think you make a really good point about Cincinnati. Green Bay, I'm worried because is Aaron Rodgers the coach killer? Exactly. That's, 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 what, I, that's what I would say, too. It, it, know, it, because, it, I would almost go to, to Cleveland, but you almost might think, you know, is, is Baker, because Baker's been winning, but could he be a coach killer? So both of them the have the coach killer piece. You see, and when you look at the Cleveland situation, the thing is about them is – uh, there, there, there's so much, there, there's so much Detroit Lions in the Cleveland Browns that this concerns me. Okay, and and, and that's why it's like I don't care if I'm a good coach or stuff. It's just that it, it almost right now, just because of the, where they've been the last two three years, they've done a really good job of really stockpiling draft picks. All right, and you hope like. Against hope that that Baker Mayfield is the answer, but the thing is about it is is just there's just something again there's something lion esque about the Cleveland Browns that just it just seems like you know, they they they've stumbled upon this talent and yet I just don't I'm not truly convinced that you know they're going to figure it out and until they really figure it out 
and just don't become this laughing stock. I, I, even if I was uh, a wise coach, there's something about that front office that concerns me. The thing I see about, about Cincinnati is that is a team that has made it to the playoffs that, that, that just simply could not get over the hump for whatever reason. But they made it to the playoffs, and they did have talent. They lacked some discipline, and they were winning games. I, you just didn't see that with Cleveland. At any, you don't see where they was growing, and and now you think that okay, they've turned the corner. They've got a, a litany of talent, and then they go out. You know, and I know you have to learn how to win, but I don't know if that culture is there yet. And and I think that's a front office piece. I think that's an ownership piece there. And, you know, and I, I might take a different angle. I was thinking about because I think you got me taking a different angle. I might look at Miami or the Jets. And the reason why, if you the one thing about Cincinnati and, and Cleveland, two things they got going against them. Harbaugh's figured out how to right the ships and, and get that, that, that uh, Baltimore team going, and uh, Tomlin's got bad. And, and we'll talk about this in a minute. And clean, like He's clearly about to change direction. Which is those two teams play at their potential. That comes one of the toughest divisions in football. Whereas, yes, you got the Patriots in over there, but at some point, Brady's closer to the end. One more, two more years. If they don't win this year, closer to the end in the beginning. Right. And I just got. Even if I don't beat them, I got to beat everybody else. You see what I'm saying? I beat right. everybody else and hold home court, and I can beat them once. I can be a playoff team with two organizations that just want to sniff the playoffs. I, I, I see your point with the Jets more so than with Miami, okay? I see, Miami a young team, I see Miami a young team with the Jets that, yeah. you know, again, I, there's just something about their coach that, uh, to me, just, just watching Todd Bowles perform, you know, I'm pulling for the brother. Don't get me wrong. But there was just something about what they were doing that he just, to me, he just looked like he was a little bit over his head. Now, that's that's my opinion. But I think with the Jets more, because you do have a young Sam Darnold that you could bring along, I'm not sold on Tanny Hill at all in Miami, okay? The only thing that I would I would say about the New York and the New York media market, you better have thick skin walking in that door, okay? And, and, that, and that can sometimes be... Uh, as overwhelming as trying to coach that football team there. And that might be something that, that a Todd Bowles did not handle very well. Yeah, I, I think if you can handle the media, you got some young guys on defense, you got some young guys on offense, you know, you can put some things together. Um, and you just got to try to beat the other teams and see if you can split with New England. You know, at right. least you'll be heading in the right direction in, in, in a way that your fan base will be okay. And the front office will be okay because they haven't done it in a while. So, I mean, those are teams. Well, let's keep an eye on what happens uh, with those, and we'll come back and visit those things. We're going to do a young and check-in to see if he's back <laughs> in order. Uh, live from uh, Metro PCS, Darnell, the super intern. Are you there? I think so. The house phone just like – With confidence. You know, you know we've been through like two segments already. Are we back? As an intern, now you sound like you went back to the uh, to the to the to the cup and string method, and <laughs> you struggling. You somewhere in the middle of Kansas trying to dial in. 
what we're doing over here. This is the kind of shot we're trying to run. We're trying to tell you we're going to the next level. And you calling in from a pay phone in the middle of Kansas. After you can change your argument. That's what we're doing. Let me show. tell you something. Look here, I, I, I can see right now this is going to be a fabulous year. Okay? <laughs> I can just see right now this is going to be a fabulous year because I'm going to tell you right now that this young man at least twice a month is just going to just put me down and just drop me in stitches. Okay? I mean, it's just like coaching him all over again. Okay? Hit the glove. Hit the glove. Hit the glove. <laughs> <laughs> It took love. Well, we're going to move to the next segment. Hopefully, you can join us somewhere from Topeka, Kansas, to be able to do this. You can hear me? Work. I can hear you. I can hear you along with Miss Ellie in the diner next to you. That's uh, okay. We make this work. Youngins, young people, listen up. Get your technology up. How you got the old guys out hustling you? How you got us? We still learning the game, and we are hustling you. But that's why you the super intern. We have not dropped that yet. You got work to do. But we're going to move on, and we'll bring you in as we go. As the world turns to Pittsburgh, it just pains me to have this conversation. So let me, let me set up for people who didn't know by now. Hell, I almost didn't know because I was traveling. <laughs> and I should have been watching. And I was so mad at Pittsburgh, I didn't really want to watch the game. I'll tell you this. So, A.B., does they reach out? Says he's not doing well. He might be injured. Thomas trying to check in with him. He's supposed to make the practice. They got like Wednesday practice. Sometimes they let the players sit. So you know Thursday's the practice they really need in. Friday's a real day they got to be there. He doesn't show up. They try to send him to get an MRI. He doesn't show up for the MRI. So Thomas basically gonna operate as though they're gonna play without him. Gets a call from his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, who says he's clear, ready, and he wants to play. Now, Drew, I didn't know Drew was in the front office. I didn't know Drew Rosenhaus was setting the lineup. And I don't think Tomlin knew either. And, you know, Tomlin met with him and said that he would be welcome to come out, cheer the team on, support the team, but he wasn't going to play him, which was rightfully so. Now, there's a lot of criticism about Tomlin. And, and the flexibility he has with letting some of his players sit out on Wednesdays. And was it a creation of the culture? No, this was this A.B. clown. So then A.B. leaves the stadium. Now all this other drama drops off. He's doing all this stuff. Tom was at the press conference. He's on Instagram with Harrison uh, uh, and, 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 and clowning. And it's just been one thing after another with my Steelers, a, a, a team that you, for the most part, up until recent years, you hardly ever heard anything come out of them, out of their place. They were sometimes ship, they was about to ship Roethlisberger off when he went through that stuff. It was about to trade him. And so, you know, Tomlin's under heat. He, he admits there's some things he wants to tighten up. Hey, you're looking at all this stuff unfolding. Man, what was your thoughts? First of all, your thought must have been A.B. need to get a new haircut, but go ahead. Yeah, well, that, that too, but see, ever since he's been doing them Pizza Hut commercials or whatever, him and Juju Smith, uh, uh, Schuster, it, it, you could almost tell that the, the writing was on the wall, but I digress on that. 
But <laughs> the thing is, right now about your Steelers, all right, there was blood in the water before the season got going good, okay? Uh, it all started with Le'Veon Bell. Y'all remember Le'Veon Bell, don't you? The, the, the running back that did play on, okay, this season. Um, and it started with him because you had players come out uh, against Le'Veon Bell on that offensive line, okay, um, and, and not understanding his plight. You also now had a Steeler team that did not start very well, okay, um, and then all of a sudden they started to play up to their potential. They lost the game to the Raiders, and it almost seemed like the wheels was coming off. All right, and, that, and then they, they had a chance to make a push towards the end. But those issues, whatever was going on, D, in that locker room, um, that thing sustained itself throughout the entire season, you could tell. That team did not play the way you, you've noticed your Steelers of Steelers to play. It was very inconsistent. Mike Tomlin was under a lot of uh, pressure. You had a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans very upset at his in-game uh, uh, management and, and play calling, okay? And it, it frustrated a lot. It, it frustrated Steeler Nation. Um, after the Raiders game, I thought I, you, you would have thought just from the outside looking in, he had already been fired. So um, this 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 is nothing new. Uh if you if you listen to um to 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 Antonio Brown, he's claiming that he's both upset with Roethlisberger. Uh, reports say he was upset with both Roethlisberger and Tomlin. Okay, so um, yeah, this 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 is this has been an interesting season. This team was by many picked to win that division, and they made they did not make the playoffs. So. Uh, there's 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 going to have to be some sort of come to Jesus meeting with this team, and I know there's a lot of people in Steeler Nation that would like to see a change and everything, and some of them are basically saying that they they they're fed up with with Mike Tomlin. I've heard that as well. Well, let let me say let me talk to that one. People are stupid, and I'm gonna say this right now: the only person who has a a, a better winning record than Tomlin is Belichick. Like to me. Andy Reid gets away with everything. They don't do anything. Like these coaches who have not even accomplished what Tom has accomplished. What, two Super Bowls? Three Super Bowl appearances? I, mean, oh, I agree with you. Listen, I think uh, Tom is a perfect fit for Pittsburgh. I just truly believe like, that. We just talked about this stuff. How do we move to firing with a coach who has a winning record with, against all the top coaches but Belichick? I hate like, how do you start firing? I listen. Here's the thing. Again, you know, it's 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 this narrative they want to preach. You know, all of a sudden you get a little bit of uh, you're not This ain't the only time you're going to see this. Okay, you got players right now. We, we're going back to what we kind of talked about. You got players that got to look out for their own self-interest. All right. Uh, you look at uh, Le'Veon Bell. Pittsburgh is notorious for not wanting to pay folks, and he wants to get paid. All right, he wants to get paid, and so he's willing to sit out the whole season. And if he's not going to get what he feels like he's worth, and go somewhere else. All right, that caused a huge divide, a, a huge division in that locker room. Okay, a one that 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 Mike Tomlin did not create. But he was, but he was forced, and he was thrust into trying to repair. 
Okay, so my, my my thing to you is, yeah, I think he's a great coach. I think he's done a, a well of a job for Pittsburgh. Um, but this is what happens. Like I said, you get when you start getting a a what I would call spoiled fan base, then you start getting it's time for a change. All right, when you got well, a coach that you are a perennial, you are a perennial playoff team, you know, and and this is what happens sometimes. I'm gonna tell you, Steeler fans. See how long he's out of work. He will be right back in another job faster than you think. So don't get it twisted. And and I I love Coward, but Coward lost a lot of big games. Coward lost a lot of big games. Lost a lot of AFC championships. He lost a lot of big playoff games. Don't get it twisted. Coward lost a lot of big games. I watched it. My heart hurt. I'm still trying to figure out how they lost to the Cowboys. Neil O'Donnell, uh, crazy. Uh, your, your crazy quarterback is the reason why y'all lost to, to the Cowboys. He kept throwing well, the ball. I, I, he I, kept I, throwing the ball to him. He, 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 he couldn't make his way back. He could. He could come back to Pittsburgh. He had to go right to New York. Yeah. <laughs> he had to go right to New York. All right. Enough of that. <laughs> enough of that. I, I, I'm, I'm sick of that one. We're going to come back to it. it. It's hurt me. I'll say this. A.B., grow up. I, and another thing I said, anytime the people who are the loudest and talk the most about the football, you're in trouble. The reason why the Ravens are in where they're at is that their leaders play close to the football. They defense alignment, them dogs up front, them linemen, them cats are the leaders. And, and that's why they got a solid foundation. They were able to make that turn and get back into it. The Steelers got to get back to, get, to getting them dogs who are close to the football got to be leading that locker room. All that other prima donna stuff, they need to be tying them up with some tape in a corner. Do them exactly. like they used to do receivers back in the day. You say too much, step in the locker room. Tied up. So we got to reclaim the locker room, linebackers. Reclaim it. All right. Enough of that. College football championship. We're going to keep this simple. Young and I hope you're ready. When I come to you, I don't want to hear no static. I don't want to hear. I don't hear no like you in a Kansas bakery. I don't hear none of that. I want clear. Ex- uh oh, just as I said that, <laughs> I dropped out. <laughs> but uh, who you got, Hank? In the- Listen, okay. This game, I, I would I would love to pick Clemson in this game, but with them missing one of their top defensive linemen. Uh, who was tested positive for a banned substance, unfortunately. Um, I can't see that. And, and let me tell you, let me, let me, let me preface, preface this by saying this. This is going to be a well of a football game. This is yeah. going to be one well of a football game. This is going to look like the last two championship games that Clemson and uh, Alabama played in, okay? It's going to come down to the wire, all right? Clemson is a very well-coached football team. All right, Alabama is a stud team. This what I love about these two, and I know people say I'm tired of Alabama and Clemson. Then beat them, then yeah. beat them. All right, Youngin, this is this is what you would call Ollie Frazier. You wouldn't know nothing about that. You had to read about it, but uh, this is the Ollie Frazier of college football. All right, and 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 you know the this is this is. Uh, the thriller in Manila right here that we about to see. And it's going to go four quarters plus. 
But with uh, Clemson not having that that defensive front, and 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 listen, trust me when I tell you, Notre Dame was a tune-up. That was a tune-up. Okay, they didn't show everything they were going to show, but they're going to be ready. But um, the thing that that gets me is that this is going to be a physical game, uh, and what Alabama showed me in the SEC championship is if anything happens to Tua. Jalen Hurts is, is is more than willing and more than capable of winning a championship. Okay, uh, the, the Clemson quarterback he gets hurt. This is what almost cost them against Syracuse. So with that, you know, I, like I said, it's going to be a burn burner. But I, I think Bama gets this one again. I think Bama, you know, do what Bama does. They last possession, and they and they take it down, and they score a winning touchdown, and they, and they win that one by like four points. Somewhere on the south side of Topeka, Kansas, is <laughs> to us live from Hurricane Zone or uh, Tornado Alley. Uh, who do you have? Dardo, you're not there. Are, are you still oh, in the I Delhi? Mean, you say you have, and then you cut off. But um. I have to disagree a little bit about um, what he said about um, Clemson's D-line because even with um, Dexter Lawrence being out, um, Clemson's defensive front is still very strong. I think they're probably still the best D-line in the country because they still have um, Cleveland Farrell. They still got Christian Wilkins. They still got a very um, good group up there. But um, like Hank said, it's going to be a dogfight, but um, I'm rolling with the tie in that. I'm rolling with the Tide next week to be um, the champions. And um, I think the deciding factor is going to be um, the quarterback to um, tackle Valor because he um, he's very accurate. He makes smart decisions, and that's going to come key in um, in the pivotal game like this. Because you look at some of, the, some of these games, he's going like 22 for 27 or like something like that. And if uh, when he's not missing – He's not giving you opportunities to um, to um, force turnovers, and with um, Alabama's offensive line and running game, I think they can control the clock. That's the way you bring it. That's the way you bring it. That's, you come <laughs> with the mic. You come ready to go. That's the way you bring it from now on. Great analysis. Woo! You regained some strikes with me. Welcome to two nineteen, youngin. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the game. Welcome. That's how you bring it. Woo. And on top of that, Tua bringing 400 people to the game, it's going to be on. He bringing family, it's going to be on. Tua ain't bringing 400 to not play. I'm bringing it. I'm going because the reason I'm going with Alabama is he bringing 400 people and he ain't going to fail. He can fail in front of 400 people. That's what I'm saying. Well, again, you know. That's all I need I mean, this here, here, here it is right here, okay? This is the point right here where Trevor Lawrence, okay, he, he, he took over, all right? He a freshman, he took over. This is why Dabo Sweeney felt like he needed to make that move, all right? So we are about to see, all right? But here's the thing, like I said, about Alabama um, that, that we all saw, that if Tua – you know, they, they, he he still got two real bad ankles, all right? And as Darnell pointed out, uh, the Clemson's defensive front is still very good. One of the 300-pounders drop on that ankle, he's sitting down with those 300 people up in the stands. 
going to hurt Alabama. Okay. They, they, <laughs> okay, because they still got Jalen Hurts over there who knows how to win and has beaten this team. So that's where, you know, it, it gets kind of, it gets kind of fun. We'll see. Well, you know, where, where, I, where I think Alabama, where I think Alabama has an exam, I mean, I think one of the things he's bringing to the table is he's bringing an excellent receiving core. I mean, yeah. and I think that's part of where I think, you know, Alabama is different today than when they faced Clemson in the past. I think they've always had one or two great receivers. But I think in the passing game from hitting the running backs out of the backfield, tight ends to their receiving core, I think they're bringing much more balance to the to to uh to the to the game than they have in the past. And I think that makes it dangerous. The other thing about uh uh Alabama is that they know how to squeeze you. And so I, I love you can you can appreciate the fact that they brought Lawrence in to, to be able to to provide them with a chance to beat Alabama. But what beat Alabama was not only the throwing but the the uh, the potential mobility. And I think he's somewhat mobile but he I don't know if he's mobile enough. I know they try to roll him and they try to cut the field off, but that kind of stuff that they can and, and create and take away uh, from a scheming standpoint. And so I think that's where, you know, not, you know, not having enough mobility may be a problem for, for Clemson if they can't establish a running game. Now, I, 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 I agree. I agree. Etienne is a player that no one's talking about either, okay? Yeah. Etienne is the running back for um, um, Clemson, and that boy, he, he, he's, he's an underrated back, but he's nice. He's real nice. He's taking a lot of pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. And, and quite frankly, to Lawrence's credit, he's a very accurate passer, okay, and he's, and he's mobile in the pocket. Again, this game is going down to be a four-quarter game. The year that Clemson won the national championship, though, Deshaun Watson played out of his mind. Okay, down the stretch. Remind you that 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 Clemson had to come down and score on the last possession, but Deshaun Watson we just went into a zone. The question you have to ask yourself if you're a Clemson fan is: Does Trevor Lawrence have that moxie right now today? Okay, we saw with Tua last year in the overtime uh, session against Georgia. Okay, so that's what you have to ask yourself. If it, when it comes right down to it, does this young man have the moxie? Does he have the wherewithal? Does he have the uh, testicular fortitude to get it done? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about Devonta Smith, you got uh, 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 Judy, um, you got uh, Henry Ruggs. I mean, when you talk about that speed, I mean, those receiving core, that's an element that Clemson didn't have to defend. They didn't have that, that much talent across the board in the receiving court in all those different weapons they could use with a quarterback who can get the ball to them. So that's going to be interesting to see how – and they can, they can do it uh, in using short routes. They can make that defensive line run from sideline to sideline, um, you know, uh, trying to keep up with that speed. So it's going to be a chess match uh, in terms of how that's going to go. Talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs. One of the things that's interesting, we're entering the cypher here on uh, Real uh, uh, RSG, one mic uh, here with Hank and uh, our man Darnell, the super intern, live from south side of Topeka, Kansas. Uh, if he sounds like he's far away, he's, he's calling from a payphone next to a laundromat across from a diner. 
but he's trying to make his comeback. Uh, we uh, are going to go here and try and do our predictions for uh, this this wild card weekend. One thing about this is like if you think about uh, some of these games right now are playing out you know less than a field goal when you talk about the spread. Um, at least three of the games that have been anywhere between one one and a half to two and a half points. Um, uh, with with the Bears and Eagles probably having the widest point spread uh, uh, over the weekend. So a lot of interesting stuff. A lot of people talking. I'm gonna go through real quickly and get a sense of what people think. Tell me who you think is going to win. Uh, we got the Colts against the Texans. Uh, uh, playing uh, the Colts playing at the Texans. Uh, Darnell, who you got in, the, in that game? I got the Indianapolis Colts. You got the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, I got Indianapolis winning that one. Okay. Now, did you get that from the lady in the laundromat or the lady across the street in the diner or the, or the brother over there on the corner near the payphone? Who did you get that one from? Uh, <laughs> well, I got that from a guy at um, – he was down the street. He was asking me for directions. But, uh, but yeah, I got I mean, the Indianapolis on this one. I think their offensive line, which um, I'm, it's going to be a constant theme today because, um, as you know, watching football, uh, the game is won in the trenches. And I think yeah. um, their offensive line can get it done, especially with a guy like Andrew Luck. And they're, uh, they're, pretty, they're pretty hot this season. So I think um, Indianapolis can get it done. All right. Hey, who you got? I'm taking the Texans. I think the Texans, uh, you know, put so much in early in this season to to to, to get to the playoffs. And it seems like once they got there, they just kind of, you know, uh, backed in at that point. I'm pulling for Deshaun Watson. I'm pulling for that team. Um, they're at home, uh, and, and and I think and, and thing is about it. On a personal note, or on a personal fan note. I don't want to see Eric Ebron win nothing, okay? He couldn't catch a cold butt naked in a blizzard here in Detroit. I'd be doggone to want to see him go to Indianapolis and win a playoff game. <laughs> that closes that one out. All right, and then we got Seattle, <laughs> Seattle at Dallas. Dallas has won two playoff games in the last 23 years, but the, the, the Dallas Cowboy fans would think they won the Super Bowl last year. All right, Darnell, who you got? Oh, that's about to change. I got um, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh oh, that's right. Um, you you are one of them them fans. Uh, we we ain't gonna say no I, more. I'm gonna let you live in your delusion. Elliot, I don't know if I'm a Cowboys fan, but once again, the front seven with uh, Leighton Vander Esch and um and um Jalen Smith, the, um I think they can uh, stop the run and make them um and make Seattle be a passing team and um. On the other side of the ball, I think they can control the title possession with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott running the ball as well. And Those are good points. And it, they should play out that way, but you just got Jason Garrett down there coaching. All right, so we'll go over to Hank. Who you got? You know what? I think we, I think we have just officially in 2019 put someone on your can't trust it list, and that would be Jason Garrett. <laughs> I think I think I think we started off with a bang right there. Listen, Dallas has been playing out their mind the last several weeks. Okay, make no mistake about it. This is a game that they should win. All right, I'm hesitant for the same reason you hesitant, D, and that's Jason Garrett and his ability to coach, unless it's against the Detroit Lions in the playoffs. But 
I, and I know Seattle beat Dallas uh, down in Big D earlier this season, but this is the, the, I'm not convinced yet. Now I know I know Russell Wilson gets it done this time, but I, I hesitantly go with Dallas only because they have been playing really good football. They they have really finished the season off well, so they're at home. I'm going to go with them. All right, hey, we're going to stay with you. Uh, on Sunday, we got the Chargers at the Ravens. Chargers with best a record better than what two or three other division winners, but they got to go on the road. They got to play at the Ravens. Uh, that's the way the system works. Who do you got? You know what? Um, and I'm fully for. I, I, I'm happy for the Ravens, but uh, Philip Rivers and the Chargers, man, that that team when they get rolling, uh, you know, they they they're, they're something special. They're really something special. Um, I, this one, again, I, I'm going to go with the veteran quarterback in the playoffs. I think that uh, I think that in, in this case, you have to kind of give it to Phillip Rivers and those guys. They were Super Bowl contenders uh, all season long, and, and I have a hard time going against them. I'm taking the Chargers in this one. And, and I will say, you know, we, we all said, look, Lamar can play quarterback. And, yeah, he's been running a lot. People talk about it, but he's a winner. He's demonstrating that. All those people who are naysayers trying to get him out there running routes and catching balls, shut up. He's doing it again. All right, young. I'm picking my heart on this one. I got um, the Baltimore Ravens because they have the number one, they have the number one defense in the league, and uh, Lamar Jackson will be um, – He'll be a game changer in this one with his ability to run the ball. Uh, with his ability to be a dual threat, he can um, give you an option of running and passing, which is going to um, confuse the defensive line in front seven of the um, Los Angeles Chargers. I, I think that's great analysis. I think those guys, once he finds a formula and gets it going, he's a top coach uh, to beat, particularly when his defense is playing well. All right, we got the Eagles at the Bears. This one probably has the widest spread, but has a lot of variability. Uh, Hank, who do, you, who do you got? You know what? I'm going. To, I think that Nagy is going to be coach of the year this year if he hasn't already been voted for it. But I'm taking the defending champs, the Eagles. I don't know if anybody noticed that once uh, Carson Wentz got hurt, they turned into the Eagles of last year again. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, mm. And and they, they they had a fever pitch push. They know how to win in the playoffs. They proved it last year. Uh, I don't expect this game to be uh, – this, this, this is not going to be one that's light up the scoreboard. It's going to be an ugly football game. Okay, but I think the Eagles' front, front four is going to put a lot of pressure on Mitchell Trubisky. All right? Uh, and and uh, I I just I like the Eagles in this game. I just think that if there's one team that can that can go toe to toe in the playoffs with the with the Bears, it's them. And I'm and I'm taking the Eagles by a field goal. All right, all right, uh, Darnell, who you got? It's something about today where we just disagree in every single time. <laughs> I got Chicago. Oh, I'm picking. With- once again, I'm probably picking my heart on this one because I'm hoping for uh, Chicago Bears versus um, the uh, Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl. I'm just, I'm just um, picking that early. But um, um, much like the the reasons you mentioned earlier, um, the pace in this game is going to be a lot slower. So I think the the um, 
the better defense is going to um, the better defense is going to pull it out. All right. Well, listeners, we're at the end. We're going to go into the uh, after hours. You better hear the bonus. And here we got we got my man Hank dropping the mic. All right, thank you so much, D. Listen, guys, dropping the mic. This is here we are, four days in to a new year. All right, so first and foremost, happy new year. All right, so I want I want to just kind of I just kind of want to uh, take a moment to go back into the bowl season. Okay, I just I want to I want to wax nostalgic for a hot second. We had several bowl games that happened, and a lot of folks say, "Well, these games don't mean anything. The players don't really want to be here." Even my beloved Michigan Wolverines have four guys decide, well, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and set my focus on the NFL, and I'm going to let you guys go ahead and play this game. Two of these guys was team captains. One was hurt, and the other one decided to do something on his own. Well, if you want to go and play in the pros, that's fine. But I kind of want to echo what Tim Worley, the ex-running uh, back of the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, stayed out here. I want to say it to myself, too. It's like, you know what? You owe it to your teammates. You owe it to the fellas. I know you got something going on beforehand. Well, then don't play the game if you're afraid of getting hurt. All right? Because you can get hurt at the combine. You can get hurt at practice. You can get hurt at the senior bowl. Hell, you can get hurt getting up in the morning brushing your teeth. Trust me, I know. But I digress. Finish what you started. All right, I'm I'm saying this right now, right here, because see, these are team sports, and I'm one of those that believe that when you when you commit to a team, then you play for that team, and you play for those fellas, because if you quit on them, trust when you get to the NFL or anywhere else or any other sport, what's to stop you from quitting there? You don't quit, okay? You commit and you don't quit, gentlemen. I have to say to you right now that this new this thing right here bothered me more. I tried to look at it from both sides, but you just wouldn't leave your team without getting talked about, or as we used to say back in the day, getting scolded on. What you mean you ain't playing? What you mean you ain't going to strap it up? I got something I got to do later. You ain't promised tomorrow. And some of them would say, I ain't promised tomorrow, so I got to get mine now. You ain't promised it now. Go out there and give it everything you got, and don't give up, and don't quit, and commit. That's my drop tonight, Mike, for the night. Peace, and we will talk to you all next time.
Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.